Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Double FM Sports. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm J.R. Mizrak. And today we're back with another interview. We are joined by Adam Birchall from West Virginia Men's Soccer. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Looking forward to this. Me too, me too. Obviously, with me being a West Virginia student, I've watched Adam play soccer here for the past two years that I've been here. But uh, before we get into that collegiate career, when did you first start playing soccer? I've been playing my whole life. I've been literally, I've been playing since I was like, like three, four years old. Like played like nonstop pretty much. I was, whether it's like just with family, friends in the garden or that, or like playing with teams, like local teams. I start, probably started playing for a team when I was like seven and then just been playing ever since. And for those of for those of you who are wondering, you know, Adam is from across the pond. He's from England. So, you know, going off of what you just said, you know, how how big is soccer there compared to here in the like America? Oh yeah, it's massive. It's I mean, here you've got your like what we I'd call American football, um, which is your like national sport probably over here. But in England, it's it's all soccer. It's what we call that we obviously call it football over there, but um yeah, it's everyone. It's like a culture almost. You have your teams you support. You whether you play or you don't. If you do play, it's it's a passion. It's it's a love. That's that's just something you you fall in love with from an from an early age. A lot of people, and then you you grow up playing. Especially, I mean, not just in England. I think in Europe um, as well. You you find that just all Europeans are like that. Is very passionate about about the sport. Yeah, so as stated, you were you are from England. So how was the change from moving from England to the United States to play soccer? Um, I think it was made easier by um, being at the University of Charleston, where the team was predominantly internationals. So in in the team in twenty nineteen, especially, I mean, we didn't have a single American on the side. So it's definitely made easier when it's full of. Europeans and then there's some South Americans in there as well but everyone that's sort of grown up in the same kind of culture in the same way and with I had English coaches there as well so that was definitely made a lot easier um, for sure. Now speaking of you know the University of Charleston what went into you choosing there to you know play your college career? Uh, in all honesty it was one of the only places I originally got an offer from uh, I started my process like quite late. Um, my like decision to go there was like, yeah, I had, that was one of very few offers I had. And I'd seen that they just won a national championship as well in 2017. So there were, they were a successful program, still are a successful program. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was, that was kind of my decision made for me. I don't regret it one bit, though. I mean, <laughs> I've gone on to win a national championship there as well, so I can't say that I made a bad decision in any way there. With that, what was what was it like? You know, obviously it's a little more easy for like an American to go to an American college, but coming from England, what was that process like? Trying to get you know college offers, stuff like that. In terms of like the academic side or just like anything? 
Uh, just anything, academics, athletics. What was that like? You know, what's the process trying to enroll and looking at schools? Uh, well, there was like the way I did it. There was some we went through like some people that were that were helping us, um, and there was uh we had to do like our SATs or like ACTs, which I think you guys you guys do as well anyway. So that that was was similar in that regard, and then it was a case of reaching out to schools, reaching out to coaches and seeing what, so I think the process in, in some ways is, is similar, but it's probably a lot more difficult because you're not there really. It's a lot more difficult to go and visit the schools, obviously, because it's across the pond. It's a flight away. It's a few thousand pounds, dollars, whatever it may be for you to, to travel, to go and see the colleges. Um, but I think the process is, is still very similar. All right. Now you mentioned you won a national championship with the University of Charleston. What was that kind of experience like that year? Unbelievable. It, it really was. Um, I'd have loved to have been able to do it last year or this year here at WVU as well. Um, and I really thought we were going to do it last year. Um, but obviously we, we fell a bit short. But no, that that experience was was um, was unbelievable. It's it was, how do I say, I mean, we had a rocky start to the season and then something clicked. I mean, we had a, uh, I can remember being, we were one and two at the start of the season. And I remember when we lost that second game, we were we were in the, in the locker room after the game, having lost one nil at Bellarmine. I mean, they're now division one, but they were division two at the time. And I remember Strats, obviously, as a coach here now, but I remember he, um, we sat down and I don't think anyone got changed or anything. No one did anything for about 30 to 40 minutes. And we spent about that time, everyone, it almost went round the room. Everyone had their own things to say. We would call out people. We would say things we weren't happy with. It was, and then it was like something clicked that day. Something changed after that day. And we then didn't lose another game all season and obviously went on to win the national championship and that that moment in the locker room sticks with me for sure is one that's like that was a real turning point and then the whole team sort of it went from being what was called out in the locker room as some people it, it was almost like we we're playing as individuals we weren't playing as a team it was one of those and then suddenly it all clicked together and it became like it became a family and it really was like on and off the pitch we were so close every single person on that team there wasn't any group that I wouldn't go and speak to hang out with nothing like that and it really was that family unit that made it even more special and I think that's why last year I really thought we were going to go and do it as well because it had that similar feel to it that everyone was so close I mean unfortunately we fell short on penalties against Georgetown but there was that same feel to it it really was now, you know, you're talking about your time here at WU, um, but obviously Coach Stratford, he made the move to WVU. You made that move too. Did he play into why you came here and what else played into that? Oh, definitely. He was definitely a big part as to why, why I came here. Um, obviously, we had the success under him at Charleston. I loved working with him as a coach. And when he made it clear that like when the time was right for that he wanted me to to come to come here after I graduated at Charleston. It was 
it was a no-brainer for me, really. So. So, so on an average day for you, like, what does training look like at the D1 level for soccer? Uh, I mean, you, you asked what it, what it's like at D1 level. I don't think there's really much difference to what it was like D1 to D2. I mean, I think obviously the, the coach I've got similar, same coach and similar coach, obviously, to what it was at Charleston. I don't really think there's, there's much difference. The only thing maybe is like the level, but even still, it's, it's, a competitive team it's a competitive group of players it's the training's hard work and if you're not up to it it shows and the coaches can see that very easily you'll you'll stick out like a sore thumb if you're not up to the level that's needed you like I mean everyone has their off days and that can happen and that's that's natural but you everyone's given 100% in training and Everyone wants to win. Everyone, hopefully, everyone's there for the for the right reasons, for the same reasons to win a national championship. So, it starts every day on the training field. You know, going back to last year, there is a huge rivalry between WVU and Pitt in all sports. And you know, at the end of the game last year, you found yourself in a prime opportunity to. You know, steal the win there. You you put the game winning goal in. What kind of emotions hit you in that moment? You know, there was a big crowd, big reaction, big goal. Take me through that moment. Yeah, I I mean, even you just just talking about it gives me goosebumps back to it. Um, I didn't. I'll be honest. Coming into it, I didn't realize the the rivalry and how big it really was. I knew. In my in my eyes, before the game, it was more we're playing the number three team in the country. It wasn't a oh, it's WVU versus Pitt backyard brawl. It's big. It's rivals. It's that. It was more in my eyes. We're playing the number three team in the country. But now, knowing being here two years, knowing the history behind the rivalry, knowing how big it is in all sports, and seeing that it makes it feel a lot sweeter for sure. Um, it was my first home game at Dick Delesk. It was the perfect way to have my first home game. Um, yeah, like you said, the crowd was amazing that day. Um, we had the the video team make, make the video after the game. And I think I must've watched that about 50 to a hundred times since, since they made it. Um, I can't stop watching it. It's, it's definitely something that's going to stay with me for the rest of my life. That moment, it was, I mean, I didn't play a lot in that game, but I didn't need to by the looks of it. So it was, it's definitely a moment that, that will, will stay with me for forever. Now you mentioned the crowd, you know, we, we set an attendance record there for WVU. So do you guys feed off the crowd a little bit? Like how, how does that work as a athlete on the pitch? hundred percent, a hundred percent. The, when we, it's so clear when we get like a bigger crowd, how much it means to us and how much it impacts us. It's almost like it might be sound like a cliche, but it's that 12th man for us. And I think it showed even this season against uh, Kentucky, we've gone down two nil after 10, 11 minutes and we've got, just over 2,000 people in the crowd still there cheering away, screaming away. And 
we've obviously pulled it back and gone 3-2 up. Like, we didn't go on to win it. We end up tying. But the crowd gives us that that extra lift. And it really, it really is felt by a lot of the players for sure. And it means a lot to us. Yeah, last year you mentioned you guys made made an elite eight run. So what was it like being able to make a deep run of the playoffs last year? It's hard work. <laughs> um, definitely not one to be taken for granted considering what's happened this year. Obviously our season falling falling short. Um but it was it was special. I think going into the season, no one expected anything of us, and I think that's partly why I think we did so well. We were underdogs going into a lot of games, and we've surpassed a lot of people's expectations. For like the pit game, we beat Penn State the following game, tied to Marshall. We had a lot of a lot of very good results last year, um, and I think that. Making that run, I think beating Virginia Tech was a big win. Beating Tulsa away was even bigger. And look, I think we should have beaten Georgetown, but it's penalties and, and it's a lottery at that point. Um, and having a Final Four appearance would have been unbelievable. And I, I genuinely believe we could have gone on to win it. Um, but it was, yeah, it was it was really something special. Um and like I said before, it was that family that we built, that connection that we made with everyone that I think made it so special. No one no one was playing in a way where it was, I want to be the guy to score. I want to be the guy to to make the headlines. I want to, it was, no one cared who scored. No one cared how we scored. We were so, so together and so a unit that everyone felt it and everyone really appreciated what we were doing as well. Moving a little bit here into this season, you know, you talked that the results were not exactly where you guys wanted them, but you individually, I, I know you keep mentioning that, you know, you play as a team, but you individually, you had a pretty good run of form in the last couple games there. You know, you, you got a couple goals, you got a couple assists. What is it like having a good run of form where, you know, everything seems to be going your way? Yeah, it's it's it obviously feels good. Um I wasn't I wasn't playing as much as I'd have liked towards the beginning of the season. Um I mean I made it very clear to the coaches. I had several meetings with them saying, like, look, I wanna be playing more, like what can I do? What can I do to to earn my place in the side? Um I it, I was getting a little frustrated and when results aren't going our way and I'm still not playing it was a bit like well what what else can I do what else needs to happen and I mean I definitely I'll admit like I got a bit fortunate with with the start against ODU I think it was we had a number of injuries and then it was just a case of taking the chance that was given to me like there was nothing more to it really um scoring assisting it obviously helps my my position and like the position that I play and I need to be producing numbers I need to be scoring and assisting otherwise I'm not like I'm not really going to be helping the team much so it definitely helped and going into the latter stages we needed results so it definitely was a, a big confidence booster and I think a lot of the team we started we started picking up results we started scoring a lot more goals and that came from all over which was which was a positive for sure um but on a personal note it definitely um 
feels nice. It's, it's obviously a nice feeling to score. It's obviously a nice feeling to to assist as well. Um, so yeah, it was definitely definitely good confidence booster for myself. Now, overall, maybe give us a couple of your favorite memories from playing soccer. In my whole life, or in in college? Let's do your whole life. I mean, it's definitely got to be the the national championships up there. I can't. I'd be a fool not to say that it was one of the one of the best moments for sure. Um. Yeah, I mean, in in before I came out to America, I was playing for a team. We've won, we won trophies, a lot of trophies there. Um. I think. Even even last season's Elite Eight, the pit goal, like I've I've had individual moments and I've had a lot of team moments that have been been really special. I mean, it's hard to really think of off the top of my head other than that pit one, the national championship. Like I said, trophies I won with my team back home in England. Um, so yeah, there's there's a, there's quite a few. Now, before we move on more to like the personal side of you, I have to ask about one thing. Just a little bit of a preference. I know last year there's a lot of, you know, overtime, double overtime games in the regular season. This year they got rid of it. Which do you prefer? Um, well, Tulsa is the only ever game I won in overtime. So <laughs> it, it, I didn't have a very good record when it came to overtime, double overtime, anything like that. Um, so. It's it's a tough one. I mean, the amount that we're playing, and the the how often we're playing. Like it's every two three days we've got games. It's it's nice to not have the overtime, but on the opposite side, when we've been dominating games, and then can't score, you you think would that extra ten twenty minutes help us in in getting over the line? Um. Yeah, I, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm I'm also thankful at times that we don't have the overtime. So, on the fence. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, but you know, you graduate and move on from college soccer this year. What's next for you? Where where do you where does life take you? It's a good question. Um, hopefully, still playing. The goal is to the goal is to hopefully find a team, go and see teams that would take me, go on trials, whatever I can find at the, the pro level. Um, ideally out here, still in America. Um, and yeah, I can go from there. I'm gonna be still gonna be working hard, even though we're not in season anymore. Um, but yeah, see see where what what can happen. Um, I I wish I had a, a more definitive answer, but. I'll see see what can what I can get really at this point. I know we're all we'll all be uh on the lookout. We'll be rooting for you. Appreciate that. Now, obviously, soccer takes up a big portion of your time. But if you have any free time, like what do you, what hobbies do you ever like? What do you like to do for fun? Uh, I've got a dog here. I mean, I like going out with the dog. It's, uh, it's a nice gives me peace of mind. Take the dog out for a walk or or whatever it may be. Um, and other than that, it's it's still hanging around my friends and teammates and stuff. We'll we'll chill together, whether it's whatever it might be, just going to the wreck and and doing a few things, or or 
or just hanging out um together so yeah I, I like to try and keep myself busy um I don't necessarily like being stuck on my own so yeah you mentioned that you know over in England soccer football whatever you're gonna call it it's huge there mm -hmm. and everyone has a team who's your team Arsenal all right, all right. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, we've had a we've had a rocky, what ten years, <laughs> fifteen years. We've won we've won some trophies here and there, but none of the big ones. Um, and hey, we're we're looking good this year. So, yeah, I've been I've been an Arsenal fan my whole life. I've been going to games. I've got season tickets. I've been going since I was five. So I I would go to every home game when I was home. Uh, I'm looking forward to going home over Christmas to go to a few games. Um, but yeah, I've been going since since I was really really little. Um, there are some very good memories, definitely. Now I also got to ask: the World Cup comes up. Uh, is England gonna bring it home? What's oh yeah, it's happen? coming home. It's, it's always coming home. It's always coming home. All right, all right. <laughs> and England USA next Friday. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be the big one. All right. All right. <laughs> now, now, throughout your life, who have been some of your role models in the soccer world, but also in your personal life? In my personal life, my grandpa is a is a big role model for me. Um, everything he's been through in his life. He's beaten cancer two or three times now. He's he'll the games are on at like midnight his time. He'll get up early and watch them the next day. He watches every single one of my games. He'll give me an essay of feedback back on every single part of the game, whether I've played or not. It's everything. He'll analyze the whole thing. It's yeah, he's, he's been a big, a big role model for me, a big part of, of my life, my college career, everything. He'll come watch games when I was back home uh, in different countries. He's, he's been to, to watch games. So yeah, he's, He's been a massive, massive influence and in, in a role model for myself. Um, and then when it comes to to the footballing world, soccer world, um, I mean, for me, I've got quite a few that I've looked up to, um, looked at like how they play and stuff like that that have been big impacts. There's several Arsenal players like from the past, like Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp, uh, Cesc Fabregas, I absolutely loved. Um, and then for me, I mean, I'm a big Messi over Ronaldo. So for me, Messi is just some someone I could sit and watch for hours and hours and hours and and just admire. I love I love to hear the uh, the Messi over Ronaldo. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> a lot of Americans seem to be Ronaldo over Messi. So it's nice to hear a, a Messi over Ronaldo. Definitely, definitely. I got one last question here for you. You know, obviously you've made it through the ranks of, of soccer here um, and hopefully to still continue. But if you could tell, you know, younger kids, high school kids, kids younger than that, how to get to, you know, where you are, where you've been, what advice would you give them? Um, I mean... It's probably advice everyone would give them, and it, it might sound cliche, but it's it's just work hard, and uh, it's the saying, 
hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And it's that's something I definitely live by. Um, I was I, when I went to Charleston in uh, 2018. I was in. They have two teams there, so they've got their first team that obviously is the main head coach with, originally was was Strats at the time, and then they've got a second team, a development team that's still got 30 odd players in. And I was in that second team when I was when I joined, and they admitted to me when when I got there or like after my first year, they didn't. They didn't expect me to to come in and and push people out of the the first team or get into the first team. Their their thought was for me to be in that second team, and it's it's just working hard, head down. And I ended up a year like to eighteen months later, I ended up starting in the national final. So that was that was all down to to hard work. It wasn't down to anything else. Um, and it's. I'd say definitely it's the hard work and if you're really, really passionate about something, go for it. Don't let don't let anything hold you back. Really like give your all for something. If you if you want it that hard, if you want it that much, then then you'll do what you can to to get it and to achieve it. All right. Definitely, definitely a solid piece of advice there. I think from watching you play, I definitely can see that hard work. You're always going after every ball. But um like I said, you know, that's the last question we had for you. I just want to say thank you for, you know, taking some time out of your day, sitting down with us and getting to know a little bit more about you and your soccer career. No worries. It's been a, been a pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. And then once again, not necessarily as the, uh, the podcast host, but as a Mountaineer fan, you know, thanks for the last two years. It's been a real pleasure getting to watch you. It's been a, it's been a pleasure to to have you in the stands, all those games as well. Means it means it really means a lot to us when all of you lot come out. So it's good. It's good to have you out there. Wouldn't trade those uh those uh days in the stands for anything. I love we love watching <laughs> you guys. But uh yeah, Ethan, you wanna hit us with that outro? Sure. So for Love FM Sports, I'm Ethan Pager. And I'm JR Miserec. Signing off.